Presents football time. Hey, hey, and welcome to the podcast. This will be our week three review. We got Alex in to help with our review, but first, our rapid recap of the week. It's the rapid recap of the week. Atlanta. It almost seems like they're playing out a bad movie script. Russ Cooks. Metcalf doesn't like scoring touchdowns. This just in. Cowboys, oh, good. Defense, bad. Rams-Bills, both are going to make noise this year. The Pats are the Pats. Green Bay, best team in the NFC. Cardinals, look like the Cardinals. If you live in a New York, I think Tommy in Karate Kid said it best. And that's our rapid recap for the week. We bring in Alex for the week. Hey, how's it going? So, a lot of news stories. Let's get into our top stories of the week. Now this made headlines. I got the lead-ins back. (laughs) All right, so I guess the top story of the week is the Titans got COVID. So, I don't really know. I figured... We don't have to hit this at some point in time. Some team was going to come down with it. And we have our first, so I don't think it's too shocking a news. Uh, And I figured this game would already have been postponed, but they waited at least a day before a couple more positives came up. Yeah, uh, to me, I think the surprising part about this is how many people ended up testing positive. Uh, Apparently, I heard It was four players and I believe five personnel members. Yeah, and another one I think tested positive today. So, I mean, I'm sure a couple more will filter through there because supposedly they let the guy on the plane to travel with the team, whoever, you know, patient zero was. Yeah, it's very unfortunate. Uh, Hopefully it doesn't hit other teams uh, because then it might drastically change what happens this season? Well, I think that's the big thing. As long as it's, you know, like one team, you're probably safe. The trouble starts when it hits like three or four and you have major, you know, scheduling issues. Yeah, that's that's what you're trying to avoid. So I think this game will probably get played Monday or Tuesday, supposedly, but my guess is the Titans will probably struggle in it for sure. You know, I'm guessing they'll probably have limited practice time. I know for sure they're locked out of the facility, so... Yeah, it's going to affect them even when they do play the game at a later date. But, um, yeah, it's very unfortunate. Just something you don't want to hear about. Yeah, all right. So let's move on from that, I don't know, sort of boring news. Um, Let's talk about the big three games of the week. Uh, Saints-Packs, Cowboys-Seahawks, and Bills-Rams. I thought the Bills-Rams game was really well played on both sides. St. Louis got off to a, you know, a slow start, which I figured since they were traveling cross-country for an early game. But I thought both teams looked good. I mean, I think both teams probably had some complaints about the officials, so I don't buy much into, oh, that was pass interference. You know, maybe if they'd stopped them on third and 22 the series before, there would have been no pass interference to call. But I I watched that game seeing where I thought those teams were, and I thought both played really well. What about you? Well, uh, we did talk about last time 
that we believed this game was going to be a test for both teams. Uh, I'm not disappointed with the outcome as much as I wanted the Rams to win. I think that the Bills definitely came in and took that game. They took an early lead. The Rams uh, overcame that to take the lead late in the game. But in the fourth quarter, when it mattered, the Bills managed to uh, pull off the, uh, the win. You can't really say that this was all about one play because one play doesn't really change the game that much. Uh, but I feel like both teams did play well, and uh, I'm excited to see what they have to show for the rest of the season. I agree. And uh, if you want to start going like one play, the Rams got that double up with that weird interception that I thought, you know, was definitely a catch for the Bills or at least, you know, co-possession. And, you know, that sort of swung the momentum in the game and sort of charged the Rams to make their comeback right there. Yeah, definitely. I Watching that one, I kind of felt like the uh, the defensive was uh, player was going to get that interception and then he was interfered with. They still called it an interception for some reason. Uh, I don't understand why they would – why they wouldn't give it to the offense in that situation and just kind of give them the penalty, but it ended up working out for them um, at least for that, for that moment, but they couldn't close the game. So. Yeah. I, I came away from that game, not downgrading either team. I think both will definitely be around in the playoff time and see if they can make some noise or make a run to the Super Bowl. Yep. All right. So let's move to the Dallas Cowboys, Seattle Seahawks. I don't know why we talk about the Cowboys every week, but their offense is so good. I think it sort of benefits them talking about them, but I don't know how good a team they really are. But once again, you know, the Cowboys offense looked good. The defense looked terrible. The Seahawks, uh, you know, were great. Their defense still, I think, has some questions, but they were injured, especially Jamal Adams going back, hurt them. And also, I think they would have ran away with the game if your boy DK Metcalf hadn't decided the five-yard line was the goal line. Uh, yeah, that brought back memories of Deshaun Jackson and being on my fantasy football team. And I'm sitting there watching, I believe it was a Sunday night game. I'm screaming with joy because he just caught a deep bomb. And I'm like, yes, this is going to give me the win. Guy turns around and drops it before he gets into the end zone. You got to gotta make sure you get in there before you celebrate. Yeah. Uh, any thoughts on Dallas? You, I mean, I think they are what they are. It, I don't know what if I grade them as a you know elite team like I would Seattle even with Seattle's defensive issues, or I just put them sort of in the middle of the pack and they have an elite offense. They they can be a pretty good team depending on which team shows up. Uh, Prescott obviously had a monster game. He threw for what over four hundred and seventy yards. Um, but the Seahawks are just a better team. It's just yeah, I guess they are what they are. Yeah, um, I think so. So let's move to our our third probably big game of the week, the New Orleans Saints versus the Green Bay Packers. I The Green Bay Packers look easily like the best team in the NFC so far. I mean, their defense is a little shaky too, but it seems to make, you know, a handful of big plays, and that's enough to, for that offense to score enough points. Once again, I, I don't downgrade the Saints. They're without Michael Thomas. They really have one offensive weapon. Uh, the defense doesn't look as good as it did last year, but, I mean, it's early in the season. I'm not too worried about the Saints. I'm more so just impressed with the Packers. I mean, it certainly helped them going on the road with no fans in the Superdome, but impressive win, I thought. Oh, definitely. Uh, even though New Orleans is 1-2, and two, I still believe that they can get into the playoffs because of how good of a team I think they are. The Packers are a good team, and 
probably being somewhat overlooked by some people. Um, everyone still knows that they're great, so no one's really overlooking them. But there's a lot of people that don't think they're really as good as they're showing to be so far. But they're they're dangerous. They got some weapons. If I ask you to pick uh, Green Bay versus Seattle right now, who would you go with? I still think Seattle's a better team. You like Seattle better. I think I'd lean a little towards the pack just because I think maybe they could get a couple more stops. But uh, I, it's, it's a hard call. It probably depends where it's being played, if it's being played in Lambeau or Seattle, you know, despite, you know, no home field advantage really. But The time of year really impacts that though. Yeah. I, I mean, if it's in Green Bay in the middle of winter, it's still going to be cold and not fun to play. Yeah. But then again, in Seattle, it's probably 40 degrees and raining, which might be worse. All right. So I had one more little thing in the top stories. It, it has more to do with this Thursday night game. And it's uh, a little thing on tanking. The Broncos are playing this Thursday night. And I don't know. They look bad so far to start the year. I don't think they're a bad team, but injuries have, you know, hammered him. It just crossed my mind. You know, if I told you at the beginning of the year before everybody got hurt that the Denver Broncos, instead of Drew Locke as their quarterback, had Trevor Lawrence as their quarterback, I think you'd probably move the Broncos up in the AFC as probably one of those middle-of-the-pack teams, don't you think? Yeah, I think so. Um, this game, as of right now, it's gonna. it looks like bad football. Uh, not too excited to watch this. Sam Darnold isn't really showing what we thought he was going to show. He's not performing very well, but he doesn't really have a lot of weapons either. Uh, Denver is underperforming. I thought they'd be better. Their defense has been mediocre at best. Um, I don't know. We'll see what happens. Well, here's just what I was thinking. Maybe if I was like the Denver GM, John Elway, maybe it's time to start packing up any good players that are playing for the Broncos and trying to lose to get Trevor Lawrence in there because they really might be a quarterback away once everybody gets healthy from being a, I'd say, contender to semi-contender in that AFC. And right now I think the Broncos probably still will end up winning four to six games, which would keep you out of that top spot because honestly I don't know how many games the Jets can possibly win. I assume maybe a little bit of a coach boost once they fire Gase, probably on the bye week, whenever that is. So I don't know. Is it bad form to think about the Broncos just starting to pack it in, tank this, go get Trevor Lawrence, and next year probably be somewhere in the middle of the pack to be a contender? You know, what? I think what makes it weird, especially this particular season, is the fact that you never know when the season is going to come to a halt. You know, like we said earlier on, on in the show, if a few teams start to come down with, you know, a lot of COVID positive test results, they might just completely shut down the season and just the season's done. We'll see what happens next year. If in that type of scenario, who gets the first pick? Is it based off this season's performance? What limited amount we might have? I or... don't know if that was collectively bargained. My guess would be that it is. And it's just, you know, whenever whatever was halted, that's the records for then and now. So, I mean, right now, both, you know, Denver and the Jets are over. But, like, if you were looking at it, I mean, I think you'd probably also say the Broncos probably will win, you know, four to six games this year. Yeah, I mean, I have them 
and fourth place in their division, not really, you know, doing much. But I, I still think they're a good enough team when they play to their potential to win about four games. And I don't know what your win total for the Jets is right now. Mine is bordering on zero, and some team would have to come down with COVID to lose to them. So Yeah, I got them around two wins. That's what and obviously I'm, last in their division. I'm hovering that they probably are a two-win team. So maybe you give the Jets a win this week unless – I don't know. It's listen. If you're gonna, if you want the Jets to get a win, it's gonna be against you because not only are they taking one in the win column, but you're taking one in the loss column. So, well, it's a good start to start Brent Ripon as your starting quarterback. I think all Boise State fans will understand that pain. <laughs> all right, I I just had that theory that it was you know, it might be time to look at that. Whereas I don't know, I think Trevor Lawrence will be good wherever he goes, but if he lands on somebody like the Broncos, I think they become more of a contender. And it's just that division's tough, man. Yeah, but if he lands on like the Jets, I, I don't think their win total jumps too much more. I mean, they're so depleted of any talent, really. <sighs> just a thought. All right, so let's move on and break down the rest of the week. Uh the Thursday night game last week, Dolphins, Jags, Dolphins 131-13. I don't, two bad teams playing each other. It looked like two bad teams playing each other. Dolphins yeah. offense moved around a bit, which was nice. Ryan Fitzpatrick looked pretty good. Yeah, he tends to look pretty good against Jacksonville. <laughs> I think everybody looks pretty good against Jacksonville. <laughs> uh, Garner wasn't quite as good, but short week and I don't know. It seemed sort of like a meaningless game, which is probably why it was played on Thursday. We'll move off of that one quick. I don't know how much analysis can actually be gathered from that other than two bad teams playing each other. Uh, the one, the next one, the Houston Texans at the Pittsburgh Steelers. Steelers won 28-21. The offense on the Steelers, I'm still a little doubtful about. They, they looked a little better running the ball. The receivers didn't look as great this week, but they do have a deep uh, plethora of pass catchers. But that defense is just, it, it's just monstrous. I mean, everybody on that line, their linebackers, it's its ridiculous how good that defense is. Yes, they, uh, they went up against a pretty good offense, and they held on. It was a tough game. Uh, I'm a believer in the Steelers, not that I think they'll win the Super Bowl, but just really excited about uh, that, how that team looked with uh, Big Ben at the helm. Um, like you said, their their running game looked better this week. Connor ran for over 100. Uh, it was it was a good game. Thoughts on the Texans? I mean, I still don't know where to gauge them. I, their schedule has been ridiculous. Literally, I think they played the top three teams in the AFC. So they looked better in this game. It was a much closer game than the other two. I mean, it's just one of those things where I think schedule-wise, they're they're hurt. And it doesn't really get much better this week either. Yeah, they like we we touched on that on the last episode is that they've had a really bad string of luck as far as scheduling goes. They've played, like you said, the best teams, in my opinion, at least uh, in the NFL. And like you said, it's not going to get any easier right now. But, you know, they hang in there. They're not looking bad. They're just not looking great. Well, I think this week versus the Vikings, if it gets played, I mean, they're, you know, they played in a game versus Tennessee. 
So as long as, you know, their COVID tests all come back positive, I think that could probably change at any minute. But as long you as... You mean negative, negative. Negative, negative. Yes. No one is positive on the Vikings yet. Uh, but, I mean, I think this is pretty much a must win for the Texans and probably yeah. a must win for the Vikings. Yeah, no, it definitely... Uh... They definitely have to win this game, but I I don't think you can go in zero and four because then you're looking at having to win five or six games in a row to even think about playoff contention. Yeah, I, you, this is definitely a must win for them. They're definitely a good team, so they should should at least try and pull it off. All right, my next game: um, the Cincinnati Bengals versus the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, just a hint: uh, a coach on one of these teams might be in the worst coach of the week category. Oh, wow. Uh, Bengals 23, Eagles 23. Uh, pretty bad game. Uh, the Eagles offense is just, I don't know, it's a shell of what it was when they were winning Super Bowls. And right now, Carson Wentz just looks terrible. He looks nothing like the guy who was there three years ago, you know, who was leading that team to like a 14-2 and record before he blew out his ACL for that team that won the Super Bowl. Um, is Frank Wright, the offensive coordinator of those teams, you know, that won the Super Bowl, who's now the coach of the Colts, really that much of an influence? Because their offense has really been bad for the last three years ever since he left. I don't know what to make of the Eagles right now. You know, it's been so recent since the Eagles won that it it's kind of hard to say that they're not that good. But when you watch that game and how a pretty bad Bengals team was able to just kind of punch him in the face and, you know, they, they threw all over them. The fact that they let this game go is, I don't know, they're just probably not as good as they used to be and we probably shouldn't be expecting them to be anytime soon. Well, I think that might be the thing. I just, my expectations, now that division is awful and they're a half game out of first place, technically speaking. So, but I just... I might just be overrating the talent that's there. There might not actually be any talent because when I watch them play, they don't look like they have any talent. Yeah, you just wonder if it's the coaching or, you know, key personnel. I mean, it's 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 tough to point. Like you said, it's so fresh in my mind, at least, of how good they were playing that it really throws me for a loop to see them play like this. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Cincinnati. Uh, I mean, they continue to work uh, – the young quarterback. I, if that guy is still alive by the end of the season, I will be amazed. Did you see that hit he took uh, where he had to go miss a snap? Of, uh, some Eagles defensive tackle just murdered him. Yeah, it's – I mean, they're using the kid's arm, and he's taking the toll physically. I mean, it's – they have to try and protect him a little bit better, especially if they believe that he is the future of this franchise. Well, the thing I don't understand, they just signed Mixon to extension. Pound him a little bit. I yeah. don't understand why you have to drop back. Now, I know it's Zach Taylor's, you know, offensive ethos to throw a billion times, but this is going to hit into danger territory. You know, uh, David Carr, who can tell you all about it when he played that first year at the Texans, just got sacked a billion times, and he was never the same because all of a sudden he's just looking down for a pass rush and seeing ghosts everywhere he goes. And I think the same thing could happen here with Burrow. I mean, if you get hit every snap, every drop back, it's going to start messing with your head a little bit. Yeah, I mean, 
quarterbacking isn't it's not like uh they have psyche plays such a big part in quarterbacking and when you destroy a quarterback psyche it's really hard for them to come back yeah uh I guess they looked a little better this week considering it was a tie and not a blowout loss, but I think that probably is more a reflection of the Eagles than the Bengals. Yeah, definitely. I, I, I feel like, the again, it could just be the fact that we have too high expectations for that team, but I thought they should have won that game. Yeah, uh, right. The San Francisco 49ers were 36 versus the New York Giants at nine. I don't know what to say other than the Niners are a much better team than the Giants even with all the injuries. Yeah, uh, I saw a stat the other day that the 49ers only played with 40% of their salary gap. (laughs) (laughs) And still managed to dominate the game. Still managed to annihilate the Giants. Um, They have good running backs. Um, I don't think Nick Mullins is that much of a drop-off for Jimmy G, if any at all. And the Giants are just brutal and even more brutal without Saquon Barkley. I think Mullins is a little bit of a drop-off from Jimmy G, but I think it's a testament to that coaching staff and even to Nick Mullins, you know, probably went in there. He knew he was going to be a starter, and he decided to just kind of listen to the coaching staff and follow the game plan and seem to be successful. Guy threw for over 340 yards, you know. He's got the job done. Yeah. Uh, They've gotten away with all the injuries the last two weeks, so – I think they'll have a, you know, a little bit more of a test. We'll know truly where they are coming up than, you know, playing the Jets and Giants for two weeks. Yeah, is, and I mean, as, as far as the Giants are concerned, uh, you know, they have their best player out. They, they're just not a very good team either. Yeah. Um, next up, the Las Vegas Raiders at the New England Patriots. Patriots pretty much dominated this game. Uh, it was a close for about a half, but then the Raiders dropped off and the Patriots rushing attack, they just pounded the crap out of them. Um, I wasn't too shocked by this result. Raiders going on a, on the road on a short week. I don't think this downgrades the Raiders too much. I think they're probably about an eight-win team, and this is what eight-wins teams do. They win at home, lose on the road. Yeah, that's definitely a sign of a 500 team. Uh, they're going to hit some bumps along the road. I think this game was more about the Patriots and I feel like they came in prepared and, you know, Belichick just showing that he could still, he could still do it even without his main guy at quarterback. Um, The Raiders themselves, like we talked about last week, they were probably going to have a bit of a letdown after that win and it showed. Yeah. Um, Don't know what else. Uh, This is what the Patriots do. They beat bad teams keep their records, you know, around 10 wins and usually split the games versus the big teams, which will be this week versus the Chiefs, which will be a pretty fun game to watch. Definitely. All right. We'll move on to the cardiac COVID Titans winning 31-30 versus the Vikings. Uh, Vikings are slowly dropping down my chance of being a good team this year. The, The offense seemed to move a little bit, but I think that might be more a reflection of the Titans defense, which has not looked good for three weeks now. And this is how the Titans win games. They pound the rock and usually have a one possession game to decide it. And they're three and oh right now in one possession game. So, you know, I read somewhere that the Titans uh, don't look like a three and oh team, but they really are. 
And uh, I agree with it. Defensively, I expected more out of them. I was kind of high on them based off what they did last season. Uh, Tannehill, did, Tannehill didn't look you know, bad. He didn't throw a touchdown or anything, but he, he looked good enough to win the game. Defensively, I think that's going to be their uh, Achilles heel this season unless they just start to clean it up. Yeah, I agree. Um, Vikings or Lions, which one do you think you'd take if they played head-to-head right now? Right now? Yeah. The Lions. you go with the Lions. I think I'd lean a yeah. little bit more Lions as well. But it it was nice to see at least the Vikings offense showed up. I mean, that defense, I think, is going to be bad the rest of the year. But if they can score 30, I think they can at least be in some games. They Cook looked all right. Thielen looked good. Cousins looked like Cousins. Yeah, Cook went off, man, 181 yards on the ground. All right, next up, we'll move to your favorite team, the Washington football team. (laughs) First, the Cleveland Browns. The Browns won 34-20. I thought it was just an awful game, really on both sides. The fact that the Browns were trailing into the third quarter in this game probably speaks more about how terrible the Browns are. When I rewatch this game, I mean, the Washington offense is beyond atrocious, beyond atrocious. I don't know how long they can stick with Haskins and expect to even be in games because he was just awful the other day. Definitely. If you look at the stats for the game, you you probably wouldn't believe it unless you've actually watched the entire game, how bad he actually played. Uh, he made a lot of mistakes. And the only the only part of that team that I thought was any good was that defensive front. And now their number two overall pick is probably out at they least this week. They also lost their D tackle as well. Oh, so yeah. That, so that line is decimated now. So I don't know what there is to hold on to. Uh, we won't be taking them probably the, anymore this year. Oh no, the little bit of love that I was showing them the last couple of weeks, um, it's all gone now. Probably just speaks to how bad the Eagles are. <laughs> yeah, wow. <laughs> All right, uh, Cleveland, I don't know. They've won two games versus two, I'd say, bottom four teams, possibly bottom three. Anything to make of it? Nick Chubb looked pretty good. Uh, they got a big game versus the Cowboys this week, so I, if they want to be taken seriously, I think they need to win that game. Yeah, if they win that game, then then we'll, we'll start talking next week. They, the only thing I noticed is they've really sort of controlled what Baker Mayfield does. He's mostly just a game management quarterback throwing high percentage outs and slants. He's really not doing much of anything. It's pretty much pound Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt and throw high percentage passes. So, hey, whatever gets a W. Yeah, I think we'll see next week what the Cleveland Browns are really made of. I don't take much into their two wins versus two awful teams. All right, we already discussed the Rams versus the Bills. The Bills won 35-32. Now we'll get to your second favorite team. The Chicago Bears beat the Atlanta <laughs> Falcons 30-26. to um, You'll never guess this. The Falcons what? were leading very large. You don't say. And then melted with about eight minutes to go in the fourth quarter. That can't be possible. There's no way. It's a it's a stunning development. The, but the, the Falcons football. don't do this. <laughs> uh, I guess a big story would be most of all, Foles came in. He honestly, for three fourths of that second half, didn't look good. But then it became Falcon winning time, and 
all of a sudden he was Joe Montana hitting <laughs> wide open receivers for deep passes. One of which was because two Atlanta Falcons failed to tackle a receiver that was sitting right on top of them. So I don't know. I'm not sure how much of an upgrade really Nick Foles is. He, he's, I think you could probably attest since your Rams once a point in time paid him large money to be a very bad quarterback for them. So any take he, from Foles starting? Uh, Nick Foles is the type of guy who thrives coming in as the nobody knows I'm even here type of guy. Uh, when he was in Philadelphia, he, had, he obviously had some big games when everybody thought it was Carson's team. Um, same thing here, it appears. Uh, now he's coming in and he's going to take the Bears to a Super Bowl. Well, if they can play the Falcons every week or the Lions. <laughs> well, no, God, the Falcons. Now, the Falcons, here's a hint. There's someone on this team that is probably on my worst of the week list. <laughs> just, I'm just putting that out there. I mean, well, how do you... I know- is Sunday. I was pitching an emergency pod whether Dan Quinn would be fired or not by Monday. Somehow uh, he's still the head coach. I don't know how. It's crazy, man. That team, they they look so good for three quarters, and then they forget there's a fourth. But it's not. They were fine in the fourth until about eight minutes to go. It was literally like they hung twenty points on him in the fourth. I know. It was literally 20 points with the last three possessions of the game. And they gave up two hugely deep passes, which I can't explain why you're giving up large chunks of yardage when you're winning in the fourth yeah. quarter. But there's there's no excuse for it. There, there just isn't there. There has to be a change in coaching in Atlanta. Otherwise, the Falcons are pretty much done this season. All I know is I'd like to work for Arthur Blank because apparently you have you to do a get lot fired. to get fired. Yeah, talk about job security. <laughs> All right. Uh, anything else from that game? Nope. Uh, Bears are undefeated. <laughs> and yeah, and Todd Gurley looked okay for his limited workload. They ran the ball great. They passed the ball great. It, I... I can't explain the Atlanta Falcons, and I probably never will be able to. Yeah, conundrum. Someday, children will be looking at the Atlanta Falcons' stats and be talking about how great they were, and we'll be like, no, no, they were a terrible team. (laughs) They might end up with the best fantasy football team (laughs) award. All right, uh, moving on. Uh, The Carolina Panthers beat the San Diego Chargers 21-16. Carolina, good offensive team. I didn't think the Chargers looked great. But uh, Ingram got put on IR, which hurts that, you know, defensive line with Ingram and Bosa, which is actually what carries their team, that defensive line. Herbert didn't look as good this week. Uh, Pretty much a nothing game with two sort of low-level teams. A little disappointed the Chargers offense didn't look better. Yeah, both of these teams, not bottom feeders, but – up-and-coming teams with some key players hurt, so we don't expect much from them type of teams. Also, the doctor did not try to kill anyone on the San Diego Chargers. Are you sure? I'm pretty positive. Because you just, you just said Though they had a big injury. Looks like Justin Herbert might have been stabbed with a needle in the lung. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> that's breaking news. Uh, no, yeah, both teams are pretty bad teams, pretty okay teams. They're just missing some key players. Especially uh, the the Panthers, they did pretty well for not having 
their uh, star player. Yeah. But not much to say about this game. No, not really. Uh, I think this is exactly what it was. Two teams that aren't really bad in the Jets territory, but aren't in that even third tier of elite, you know, teams that are probably contend for the playoffs. They're just sort of average teams. If you don't come to play, they can beat you. If you come in focused, you could probably beat them pretty easy. Future up-and-comers. Yes. All right. Uh, I don't know why we're going to discuss this game, but we're going to go over it. The New York Jets went to the Indianapolis Colts. The Colts won 36-7. The Colts looked good. They've looked good for two weeks now after their bad Jacksonville showing. I don't really have anything to say about the Jets other than it's possibly the worst football team I've seen in probably since that 0 for Lions team. Yeah, that was uh, that was a while ago, but I can still remember how bad that team was. And I think the Jets might be worse. But Yeah, because yeah, at least those Lions teams had some skilled position guys. They had, and they had some really close games, too. Towards the end of that season, they, they almost pulled off a couple of wins, but, you know, it wasn't meant to be. And if the Jets keep playing like this, I mean – we said they could win a couple of games, but if they keep playing the way they played in this game, they might go 0 for 16. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Colts, who do you think's the favorite in that division? Them or Tennessee? Who do you like better? I Well, right now I have Tennessee uh, ahead of them just because offensively, Tennessee looks just as they did last year. Defensively, not quite as good, but if they can put it together, they were definitely the top team in that division last year. So I that's why I have them ahead. But the Colts, you know, I don't have them far off. I have them in second place in that division. So, Well, starting the year, I, I had the Colts, and I'll, I'll stick with that right now. I mean, I'll right now wipe away that Jacksonville game is just an opening season, you know, dumbness on the road. But I, I can't judge much either because they played two terrible teams two weeks in a row in the Vikings and the Jets. So, Yeah, you – it's good to see them get some momentum and, you know, some some good positive vibes going because I kind of expect the Colts to play pretty well this season, as I'm sure a lot of people did. So maybe this, uh, you know, good good string of wins will lead to some victories against some tough teams. I mean, that remains to be seen. Yeah. All right. Uh, moving on, uh, the Cowboys lost to the Seahawks 38-31. We already went over that game. Uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers beat the Denver Broncos 28-10. Tampa Bay looked solid. Um, I still didn't think Brady looked great. I, I've watched the tape on that one. I mean, he looked okay. He looks like an okay quarterback right now. And uh, Tampa Bay's defense is what's carrying them. They were – now it was Driscoll and Rippon. So I don't totally know if their defense is legit. But ever since the second half of that Saints game, I, I think Tampa Bay's defense is – been pretty impressive and the offense is doing enough to you know get it done right now and also they've played two bad teams in two weeks in Carolina and Denver so I don't know what really to make of Tampa Bay so far I think that uh, Tampa Bay's defense you kind of expect them to be pretty good at least because of the uh, the players that they have on there Um, offensively I think Brady did okay I think he managed the game well uh, I mean, the guy threw for three touchdowns. He almost threw for 300 yards. You know, you can't really ask. He didn't really make any big mistakes. So I think you take it. You take the win uh, at this point in his career. That's pretty much what I think Tom Brady is. He's a really smart, experienced game manager. Yeah, I think that's probably a good way to put it. He's a smart, experienced game manager. 
if you have a solid defense and you're playing a mediocre team, you will win those games. Yeah. I think the question will become when they, you know, step up in competition and got to play the the elite teams, you know, Seattle, Green Bay, New Orleans, who they've already lost to. Yeah, I think it's going to be in games like like those that Three they're going to need. <laughs> I think it's going to be in uh, games like those where they, uh, they're they definitely going to depend on Tom Brady's uh, – on, on his – experience in big games and hope that he can pull it off and I think that's why they brought him in all right uh we already talked about the Broncos earlier in the tanking segment Mm -hmm. um we'll move on to the Detroit Lions beating the Arizona Cardinals 26-23 watch this game uh it just sort of reinforced that I think the Lions are better than their record and the Cardinals are probably a little worse than their record I think these two teams are probably about actually equal and the score would show that. Kyler made a lot of mistakes this week, throwing a lot of picks. And I think these two teams are probably two that'll probably battle for that last playoff spot. Yeah, we talked about this game last uh, the last show. And I mentioned how I liked the Lions. I think they were the uh, underdogs in this game, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, uh, slight underdogs. You got your upset pick of the week. Okay, cool. But yeah, I, I like the Lions in this game because I felt that the Cardinals weren't as good as everyone was portraying them to be. They've got some weapons and DeAndre Hopkins and Kyler Murray seems to be an electric young quarterback, you know, with a pretty good arm and he's got a, a good he's got a good read for that offense. So um, they're definitely showing some good signs, but I still don't think they're quite there yet. I think they're uh, a top middle tier team, but I think the Lions are in the same general area as well. So Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, I think both teams, I don't know if Detroit's is a must win this week versus Saints, but I think it would be nice to get that win. Uh, I'm sure the Saints are going to go after it. They, they certainly need that win. But I think the Cardinals is a definite must win versus Carolina. Uh, they don't have to beat those top teams, but they definitely got to start beating up on the middle tier to weak teams if they want to continue to win. And you can't be losing games in back-to-back weeks to the Lions and the Carolina Panthers. Yeah, and what does that do to your uh, quarterback psyche? All right. Uh, we already went over the Packers and the Saints game. The Packers won 37-30. And we'll wrap it up with the Monday night football game, Chiefs versus Ravens. Uh, Chiefs dominated this game. The scoreline doesn't even really do it justice, 34-20. to 20. Just a dominant performance by the Chiefs. I think more than anything, it shows they were looking ahead to this game the week before versus the Chargers. And they were just prepping for the Ravens because they came out and just smoked them. Yeah, um, it wasn't even close. The score doesn't do it any justice. Patrick Mahomes went off. Uh, the guy, he threw for four touchdowns, and I think he ran for a touchdown. Put up big numbers. The Ravens were a little bit of a disappointment. I expected more from them. Uh, the defense really kind of put, did a number on them early on in the game, and it wasn't even close. Uh, no, uh, I think this just reinforces Chiefs' best team in football by far. Um, I don't know how much I downgrade the Ravens. I put it just in a bad game. It's bad just a bad game, game for them. Uh, yeah, I don't think I don't think you really uh, put too much on this loss. Uh, they'll they'll bounce back. They're a solid team. They got some really good players, and they've shown it early on. It's just they just you know it was a bad game versus a really good team. Um, the only thing that I would say that would concern me, uh, Ravens in the playoffs. This sort of was a playoff game. It probably definitely was for who's going to get that number one seed. And they've shown two years in a row. Now, I don't 
you know, Lamar can't do it in the playoffs. I don't buy into that. But I do wonder if this Ravens team can do it in the playoffs. Uh, Does this game worry you any bit about the Ravens winning playoff games? No, I don't think so. uh, Because I I think that it's still too early to start getting into that mindset, uh, especially it's your first loss. So I think you just kind of brush this one off as, you know, we played bad against a really good team who happened to play great and you just move on. Yeah, good call. I think I might just put it in the back if they, you know, match up versus the Chiefs or one of the other elite teams in the AFC and be like, yeah, hmm. maybe a little incentive, like, look at us. Yeah. Uh, is this offense going to score? But, you know, I pretty much throw this out. It's week three. The only thing that, you know, I think it will end up mattering seating wise, you know, the Ravens probably will have to win three off playoff games, whereas the Chiefs now only have to win two, unless yeah. something drastic happens. All right, moving on to our best of the week. You had one hell of a game. All right, so I'm going to, I got two players for the offensive pl- best play of the week. And uh, I thought Ryan Fitzgerald deserved a little love. Thought he looked good this week on Thursday night football. Was pinging the ball around and. I know it must be difficult, you know. He knows he's not going to definitely be the quarterback next year, and I'm sure he's on the clock so far at this year. So just thought it was a nice game for Ryan Fitzgerald. Uh, I agree with you. Uh, I decided uh, that uh, Patrick Mahomes was going to be my guy this week. Uh, The guy was just really good against a really good team, so I feel like he deserved the nod this week. Oh, yeah, most definitely. Uh, he was awesome and slinging the ball everywhere, and I love that little fullback shovel pass that got him a touchdown. Yeah, that was at nice. At the end of the game. Uh, my other best on the offensive side were pretty much all the Pats running back. Sody Michelle, Rex Burkhead, J.J. Taylor, they just pounded the crap out of the Raiders, and I just thought they were all really good, and Cam didn't even have to run that much, so that's an even extra bonus. Oh, yeah, and, he, you know, the longer you can protect him and keep him healthy for the season – the better that team's going to be. So that running back by committee, uh, I agree with you on that one. I didn't have him on my list, but I agree with you. Yeah. Uh, I had two defensive guys for best of the week. Uh, Chris Jones, defensive tackle for the Chiefs, was just in the backfield causing problems for Lamar Jackson the whole game. And I had to give a nod to that Chiefs defense because they shut down that Ravens offense. And then Xavier Rhodes, it's a bit of a curve when you pick off the New York Jets, but when you have two picks, one of them for a pick six, even if it is the Jets, I got to give you a little love there. Yeah, I agree with you on both. Uh, I went with the uh, Chiefs defense as a whole. They played a good uh, Ravens team, and they made them look like they were just a bottom feeder team. They didn't play horrible, but they they kind of shut them down, so uh, I went with the Chiefs defense. Yeah, definitely. Um, for my coach of the week, this possibly – will be the only time he ever hits the list, best coach of the week. But I'm going to throw a little love to Matt Patricia. They had- oh! <laughs> we should have got together before this. <laughs> Did you have Matt Patricia too? Yes. Okay, That's what- so a double Matt Patricia week. Uh, I think this probably is monumental because my guess is he ends up on worst coach <laughs> <laughs> a couple more times this year. But uh, I just thought it was nice. He got that team together after two really tough losses, went into Arizona, won. They looked good, poised, everything the Lions don't usually look like. And I thought I'd give him a little love at that coach this week. Yeah, I've said it before. I I like the guy. I think he's a good coach. Uh, just probably had some bad luck. But 
you know, this week, a lot of people thought that they'd lose a close game and I thought that they would win a close game. And that's exactly what they did. Like you said, they came in and they executed their game plan and they got the W. Yeah. Um, all right. So now that we've done our best of the week, let's go to our worst. Terrible. Just terrible. All right. So starting out on the offensive end, I got two players of, uh, well, actually, I got three. Uh, Kyler before Murray. You, before you get started, I'm sorry yes. to cut you off, but I just have to ask. Yes. Is one are one of these players on the Washington football team? Yes, they are. Okay, because you could just save some time and just go ahead and <laughs> nail them. Okay, well, I have Dwayne Haskins as worst of the week. I don't know if it's all his fault, but he was so brutal when I was rewatching that game. I'm not even sure he's an NFL quarterback. I'm not quite sure what he does well. He doesn't move all that well. He doesn't throw all that well, and his decision-making is just atrocious. So Dwayne Haskins for sure. Well, I had Haskins as well. Uh, I felt like he underperformed, and he's underperformed so far. Like you said, is it his fault? I don't know. Uh, They don't have a lot of weapons, but you still kind of expect to see a little bit more out of such a highly touted player. Uh, but the second guy I had on there also was uh, Sam Darnold, who threw a stinker, three interceptions, and only one touchdown this last game. Yeah, I, I've made it a point not to put the Jets there because I just picked them every week. Oh, it's bad. Which it might reach uh, Washington territory as well, where I'm not allowed to pick players off there. Sorry, team. We're getting there. <laughs> uh, my other ones were Kyler Murray. Uh, th- this was the first game this year where I saw him forcing the ball. He was thrown into coverage, trying to make plays that weren't there. And that Lions defense sort of chewed him up and spit him out. He had a lot of picks. Yeah, it was uh, it was a tough week. And I I also uh, had to add DK Metcalf on to this list. <laughs> oh, God. Because you pretty much catch a 60-yard pass and somehow don't end up with a touchdown when no one's around you. But and, you know what? They, at least they ended up with a W. Yes, I'm sure I know. That's what they're thinking. But it made that game much harder than it was. So he he also caught the game winner. So I'm not going to hammer him too much. But how about some awareness out there? Especially if you had him on fantasy. Yeah. All right. The the defensive end, I just had the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, it wasn't so much they played bad, but they had miscues all over the place. Their secondary was being picked apart, and they were blowing coverages. And if you start blowing coverages versus the Chiefs, you're just going to get torn to shreds, which is what happened. It's probably going to seem uh, like a broken record. We constantly keep repeating ourselves and picking uh, the same players and same teams and same units. Um, but I feel like the the Falcons secondary was really bad. Yeah, I singled somebody out, mostly because he was the one who got the comeback started. Uh, I had Isaiah Oliver, the cornerback, who was playing defense, and he blew that tackle. That would have, if he had made that tackle, the Bears probably wouldn't have ended up scoring that first touchdown to give him life. And so Isaiah Oliver, instead of the whole Falcons team, though, it was quite a group effort because somebody else missed a tackle later on. They missed a few. And, you know, they were, when you look at the end of the game, they were crucial. They could have uh, definitely changed the outcome of the game. That's why I won with the entire secondary. Also, that last play that Anthony Miller scored on, uh, the safety, there was no safety help over the top, which with two minutes left, how about have a safety over the top so you don't get burned <laughs> for a 40-yard touchdown? 
Oh, I mean, who knew they were going to throw the ball? Well, yes, of course. <laughs> it's not like they only handed off like four times in the second half. That was bad. Yeah. Uh, all right. And last but not least, uh, my coach is Doug Peterson. Uh, I've never seen a man play for a tie and not choosing to at least throw a Hail Mary or, you know, just try a miracle field goal because you're scared the Bengals are going to hit some play and kick a miracle field goal. It makes me throw up in my mouth a little bit. Plus, I honestly don't know how good a coach he is. It might be Frank Wright who was the good coach there, and as soon as he's left, the Eagles have been a mediocre team. Yeah. Um, I had to go with your favorite coach. Do you know who your favorite coach is? I have. It probably wasn't Gase this week since we used him last week. And No, we changed it up this week <laughs> to your yes. favorite coach. You just cycled between him and Dan Quinn. Oh, gosh. You know, the defensive genius that is Dan Quinn, uh, he was my selection this week. I don't understand how you blow that many games. It's just very perplexing. Uh, When Gase and Quinn get fired in their bye weeks, what are you going to do as the worst coach? Well, see, what's going to happen is they're going to swap teams. The Jets are going to hire Quinn for his defensive prowess (laughs) and – uh, the Falcons are going to hire your boy Gase. So I don't think Gase is getting a third shot. <laughs> so that so I, I have you know a couple of uh, a couple of same coach picks for the foreseeable future. Yeah. All right. Uh, that wraps up our podcast this week. Uh, you can follow Alex on Twitter. Give your Twitter, Alex. Yes, uh, it is uh, TD Achilles at TD Achilles. At TD Achilles. You can follow me on GLN Champ 5. And that's our show for the week. Look for our pick show coming later in the week. And that's it. And I'm out.